Welcome to House of Hoops. It's Monday, April 20th, 2020. 320s. I'm Jeff Hausman, coming from you from Memphis, Tennessee. Lifelong follower of the NBA. Today, I've got Laddie on the phone. What up, Jeff? What up, man? What up? Happy holidays. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have some fun. Y'all enjoy the show. episode 10 like i said laddie's with me host of laddie lucky and hope in the morning on q1075 yes sir yes sir happy to have you bo gracias sir yeah yeah man uh bo may be joining us later i'm not really sure (laughs) (laughs) we'll see i don't know he's he's busy today i I get it right i gotta hear him things aren't normal yet uh, dun, dun, dun. Could be a long time off. Who who knows? Who cares? Yeah, that's not what this is about. This is about having a good time. Whoop whoop whoop! We gonna sing and we gonna dance. You can follow us at House of Hoops on Twitter. We're also on Instagram at House of Hoops Podcast. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy. on this show we got uh we got the last dance we got our thoughts on that yes got a little bit of nba news we got some information on something new the nba is doing it's called the g league select team mm-hmm. we'll get into a little bit of that should be fun for now let's just enjoy this funky ass beat
Eli Laddie. How's your week been, buddy? Yeah, it's been pretty good. Pretty good. Still working, you know. Apparently, I'm essential. Everybody's I never essential. Did... <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I don't feel any special than anybody. I mean, some people get laid off and make more money than I do. So I don't know how essential that is. But... There was a little light at the tunnel. Light at the end of the tunnel this week. We had a... Yeah. We had the Last Dance documentary started. Right, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on. But, dude, I, I think that's what everybody was all about this whole week. You know, they were, everyone was looking forward to it. I know, like, so many different people who aren't even basketball fans. They were they know who Michael Jordan is, and they know about the Bulls. So they were just so intrigued about it. They were just ready for it. Yeah, it brought up a lot of old memories for me. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah, I liked it. And we'll do this week. Oh, man. I worked. Jeff's essential. I worked. I worked. I worked. I didn't really do anything but work until Thursday. Uh, after we do the podcast, I kind of lean into work once we get it done. And then uh, right. throughout the week, I kind of start getting back into it. So I didn't really do anything. Thursday, I realized that horse wasn't over. The ESPN horse event yeah wasn't over. and i uh, watched a little bit of that yes that was pretty awesome i saw a few different rounds actually it was pretty good and the and the, some of the players i thought that would win they didn't okay yeah i was pulling for chauncey yeah yeah just because i wanted to see the old school dude come out there and whoop everybody like i can still shoot you know i've <laughs> always liked paul pierce but then again it's like i, I kind of wanted uh trey young to go out there and win i thought he would be going out there and just being hungry for it you know yeah, he probably needed a better goal to shoot on. And isn't it crazy? Like Con- Mike Conley has like his whole, I don't know, it's like an indoor gym, it, it, but it's like an indoor facility. And then some people are just playing at their parents' house in their backyard. <laughs> That's <laughs> what know? it looked like. I mean, it was that one girl did. I can't think of her name, but she ended up playing Zach Levine in mm-hmm. like the uh, semifinals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she's literally in her backyard and she's like, well, hold on. I don't think I have enough room. He's asking, would you have like something equivalent to a free throw line? She's like, yeah, yeah, we'll make one. <laughs> that was funny because he was doing all those crazy layups and shit. And she's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. She's uh, without what touching did, the ground, right? What did he just do? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. He's like basically dunking without dunking. He's just doing layups. Yeah, that was really good. I like that. And she played to his strength, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. She, she was that. telling him. She was like, look, I just want to get the ball just so I can start shooting threes. You can't shoot threes. <laughs> so there's a, so a little trash talk in there, and I liked it. I think it was good. Yeah, yeah. Except for that one game where he hit like 10 in a row or, or 10 threes in a game this year. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool, whatever. I don't know. I had it on at the house while I was doing several other things. I wasn't really paying attention and I couldn't tell if it was over or if it was like on repeat because I just wasn't paying enough attention. It just, yeah. wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't that like crucial to me to watch it. I wasn't. That no, it. no. It was on. So I was like, all right, this is cool. And then I was like, well, all right, well, now the finals. Yeah, okay. I'll watch the rest of it. Yeah, it just got kind of bland after a while. Conley was interesting. I don't think that's just because, you know, we're Memphis Grizzlies fans. I think it, he honestly was trying to make it interesting. He was interacting with the camera pretty well, and he was doing a lot of creative shots, like interesting shots. His, him being ambidextrous, and you talked about this earlier, that was awesome. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, everybody was scared about that mm-hmm. because that's, that's pretty much your go-to. If you can hit a three with your other hand that you don't use and you're great at it. Yeah. So I just do that. That's my shot all day. I mean, when he shoots long range, he shoots lefty, but when he's around the rim, even in games, you, he can go either way. A lot of times he goes right more than left. Yeah. A yeah. lot of times and he was doing those oh. finger rolls from behind the basket. Yes. That was God. <laughs> it was crazy with the offhand. Come on. Look, I'm just glad all the posters that he had of himself in the gym were him wearing Memphis Grizzlies gear. Did you notice that? Yeah. Well, he probably built that gym. You got to think. He built that gym when he was playing here. Yeah, and he didn't have much of a season to play this year, so, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe they didn't get some good shots of him. He needs to get a uh, mural of him riding a horse on the wall. (laughs) 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 <laughs> what like he's an old spice guy <laughs> some i guess he's the, he's the fucking horse champ <laughs> he is the horse champ dude if they don't give him like a big ass horseshoe bling down necklace it's bullshit <laughs> you deserve this mike you deserve this here you won this <laughs> <laughs> you're into this right you're into these <laughs> right Curvo- uh, was it um, um, COVID nineteen champion of the year? I mean, you know, <laughs> isolation ball champ. <laughs> right, right. Brought to you by Zoom. Yeah, I don't really have uh, anything else from that game. I just nah, took it, it for what fun. it was. I took it for what it was. It was mild entertainment. Yeah, was, I mean, it was just cool to do something. I'm happy that ESPN can get some ad revenue. I guess they can. I don't know that it, again, it comes down to the production quality. It just wasn't, they could have been better. I don't know who's in charge of that sort of thing around there, but it just seemed kind of <clears throat> bland, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I do think it's cool that they did it, you know, and it was just some, it was just something different, but it just seems like the rawness of the videos and stuff like that's kind of become the new norm, even with like TikTok and Instagram and all that, you know, mm-hmm. and it is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Our eyes got so trained to these awesome televisions, 10i82, <laughs> all this crap. And then now it's just like you're watching stuff. It's like worse than a VCR out there because <laughs> of the connection, you know. But it works. It worked enough. Yeah. At least we could see the shot. Yeah, I mean, it was something to watch. Something hoops related on TV. Yeah. Good enough. Mm-hmm. Did you see one thing I noticed early in the week was – the top European basketball player Mm-mm. has finally, he's declared, officially declared for the 2020 NBA draft. Oh, I did see this. Yeah. Uh, uh, help me with his name. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Danny Avija. Yeah, that sounds great. He's a six, eight, six, nine, small forward. He's believed to be the top international prospect in the draft. Yeah the MVP of FIBA under 20 tournament this past summer leading team Israel to a gold medal finish averaging 18.4 points 8.3 rebounds 5.3 assists two blocks two steals per game that's pretty solid numbers for a 6'9 guy yeah absolutely yeah he's yeah he's legit here's the problem is that do you think that uh people are going to expect him to be like a um Luka Donich Maybe. Like, I mean, have that kind of an impact, like come into the league and then, I mean, you know, of course, Porzingis, Luca, 
those are the overseas guys that just came in and made a huge difference. That's Luka. recent, I'd say. Luca was what uh, number? He was a top five draft pick. He, yeah, so this guy's projected to go in a top five. Uh, Luca could be special. This guy could be special too. The Warriors have expressed strong interest in him. Mm-hmm. You know they know what they're doing. They have a great front office. They've done very well in the draft. In the recent, yeah. recent past, yeah, I mean, Curry. I just don't know Curry. some of their off-season moves, man. I mean, some of their moves are just kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just like getting certain players. Like, they got D'Angelo Russell, then they got rid of him, you know, trading this guy for this guy. Like, and okay. I understand they're – Well, they had, to know, get, they had to get D'Angelo for the sign-and-trade for Durant. Yeah. Uh, they had to bring something in. I don't know if anybody thought that was going to be a long-term deal. I think initially when that deal went down – uh, it was perceived that D'Angelo Russell would get traded for something back that the Warriors could keep. I think they got Andrew. They ended up with Andrew Wiggins in that deal. Yeah, that's right. And I think that suits them. This guy, he can guard one through four. He can guard a point guard, small forward, shooting guard, power forward. So he's he's a flex guy like Durant almost. Yeah, could be interesting. Well, as long as he can shoot that three. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't look up his three-point percentages. Should we do that right now? Yeah. I mean, okay. yeah, as long as you hit those threes, man, you know, you keep spreading that floor. You'd be good with any team, especially being 6'9". Woo! I'd be willing to bet, as a European player, he shoots the three very well. But let's, yeah. let's check. He's 19, laddie. So even if he can't shoot the three, he can learn. He can learn. <laughs> Let's see. This last year, three-point percentages are down. In 2018-2019, he shot seven threes per game, made 3.5, shooting 500. Last year, he played more games, played three times as many games. And he really? Sh- yeah, he shot 4.6 threes per game, making 1.3 per game at 27%. I mean, not the worst, right? Not the worst. But not great yeah. as far as shooting threes. But who knows? I mean, he's he's he may have a long time to get better. <laughs> Dude, he's 19 years old. Shoot. He's 19, and we don't have a current status on when the league is going to start back up. So by the time he's 25, he's going to be awesome. <laughs> Probably. I mean, he's got right, a long yeah. time to get there. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. And he has a history of shooting threes. That's what I like. So possibly could come out and be a better shooter. But what it, what stands out to me was the assists and rebounds that he gets. Right. That he's an all-around player. That's what I like. I like a guy that can contribute to a lot of different uh, a lot of different ways in the game. Seems that's who uh, Golden State should get. Yeah. I mean, I mean if he's there. They're, they're, they're looking for somebody, too. And I mean, everybody's getting older, but still they just got manhandled when it came to injuries this year yeah um, we we also don't even know the lottery yet so who knows yeah that's true yeah it's, it's a little early to speculate who's gonna go where but people are still doing it and the warriors are reportedly one of the teams extremely, right. extremely interested in him which yeah good for them great they can be awesome again as of now the nba is waiting until may 1st to make any more comments about restarting the nba season so that's another, really? yeah, that's another couple weeks here, I guess, before they'll say anything else on it. Mm-hmm. 
Dude, you see this? The NBA players receive 25% less in their paychecks starting May 15th. Yeah. Well, the NBA wanted them to do 50%. (laughs) Yeah. And then the the union was like, hell no. They go, look, we'll just go ahead and do 25. For now. Yeah, it's crazy. The agreement clears way for gradual reduction in player salaries. Mm -hmm. The NBA also started the uh, G League Select Team. The G League Select Team. Yeah. It's based out of Southern California. All right. Now, how does this work? Looks like it's all based around the NBA trying to keep some revenue to the league. Uh, so last year, the last couple of years, you've seen a lot of kids going overseas instead of going to college. Right. Because of the NBA's one and done rule. And the NBA is looking for a way to keep them from going overseas. Maybe they can profit a little bit off of it, but they can also groom these kids to be NBA players, I think. I think it's a smart idea. First player to sign was Jalen Green. Yeah, I saw that. So the NBA is offering something new to kids that want to go pro early. I think that's cool. I think I'm all for it. I'm not sure there should be any rules in place at all. (laughs) I mean, it's definitely better for the NBA to have the kids as prepared as possible when they get to the NBA. Like uh, we all watched the Jordan documentary this weekend. Jordan played three years at college. His freshman year at UNC and his junior year at UNC are it's night night and day. He's he's a much better player. Yeah, uh, a little experience goes a long way, and I think the new G League team will benefit these kids. And it'll also kind of it'll help the teams not have to gamble so much. They're a little more tested. The players will be a little yeah. more. T- they'll be a little more tested. So you'll kind of have a better idea of who they are while you, when you're drafting them. Yeah, I I I agree. I think if kids are going to they're going to go to college for one year nowadays, I just don't think they need it to a point. I mean, like I said, I I I liked it when they could come straight out of high school because you had a lot of good talent. Then all of a sudden, uh, you had more hopefuls than you had mm-hmm. candidates. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And and then they changed it. We know why they changed it, whatever. But I, I think this is awesome. I think that if a kid's going to go in there and he stays, if he stays healthy, go learn with guys who are like you know a couple years older than you. Get a little money in your pocket, mm-hmm. and then play for six months, and then try to get into the league or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or 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 move up whenever you can. Yeah, but been- I think I, mm-hmm. so. Like they could. So for instance, let's say the season starts, they pay homeboy five hundred thousand dollars. He goes out and next thing you know, a month in, they're like, dude, you're killing it. Move up to this, move up to the NBA. And then he basically moves up with the team that he was with, or they have to have to go into a draft. I mean, that's my question. No, you'll definitely be drafted. So this team is like a select team. They don't play as many games as the regular G League. It's basically a like a super developing team for young prospects. So, all right, and then so you play in this league, and then you have to go into the NBA draft. Yeah. It's not like being part of a G League team to where you can get a 10-day contract Mm-mm. a week and a half in. No, they have to be drafted into the league after that. Okay, well, that's good. But, yeah, okay, well, yeah. It's almost like NBA University, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's like uh, absolutely. you're not going to study math and science, maybe. I, I think they're giving these kids an education, too. They're, like, paying for their education. They can. You, you can. Yeah, they said you can get one if you want one. Yeah. And so, they pay for it. So you're, maybe you're not studying, like, I don't know, some bullshit credit for college. You're studying crossovers and layups. 
right strength and conditioning it's more of a hands-on approach for the nba to groom these young players i think it's great the on the flip side maybe these players could stand to make more money if they don't join the g league because what the mm-hmm. G, if you go to college and you dominate in college and then you get drafted, you could go as a high draft pick because you dominated college. If you go to the G League and you're playing tougher competition and maybe you don't look as good, maybe you slip in a draft. Maybe you get drafted lower and lose money. Well, that's a good point. Because initially you would think the guys who are in the selective team are the badasses anyway, right? Let's say the top. 15 kids in the country right. pretty much besides the ones that go to college uh-huh. the besides the ones that are in college but and you're right europeans too yeah yeah but you're right but let's say you're uh I, mean, I think you kind of nailed it but let's say you're you know a, a junior in college and you got extremely better from your freshman year you know and then but nobody had a, a radar on you you know what i'm saying and then they say you know you come out of nowhere you know i, I think you're right but yeah. I don't know. I, I just I just think it gives the kids an option that they can they can have, you know. And if you're kind of worth the shit, might as well do it. Yeah, it will, it'll know? be interesting to see how it plays out. Watching those games, I hope they're televised. I hope there's access to watching those games. Oh yeah, Lavar Ball is gonna make that happen. Oh, Lavar Ball, <laughs> he ain't got nothing to do with it. I know, thank God. <laughs> but uh. It'll be interesting to see how it works out. If the, I think it'll make the kids player. It's kind of like what James Wiseman did by f- quitting college and just going straight into training for the yeah. NBA draft. Might as well. Except, I mean, you might as well. You're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to do anything. You know. I yeah. mean, he, here's the thing about it: is you don't know what's going to happen to your body. But I kind of think they're not going to put you in a position where you're going to injure yourself. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you go play game four in college and you're playing against Iona and you step on dude's foot wrong and you twist your ACL and you're out for a year and a half, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you might be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Or some other basketball player who's not as good falls on you and breaks your leg. Uh, it happens. Yeah. You go over to this thing and you're and you're at least one of the top ten or maybe – yeah, if you're at least one of the top tens in this, in this G League selected team, you probably get the top 20 in the NBA draft. And you may start healthy, too. Probably. And one other thing, you have to assume that front office executives realize that these kids are playing against grown men. You take it for what it is. They're not playing against kids their own age like they would be in college. Right. So you have to take that into perspective as a front office guy that maybe these kids are a little raw. Maybe they're... Or they're just, or they're even bad, more badass than you thought they were. Right, it could it could work both ways. Yeah, some kid comes out there and just dominates. You're like, holy shit, man! You were like 15 on our radar, and you're boning these dudes who are three years older than you. Okay, or even and, older. And, I mean, and, there's 30 year olds in the G League, man. Right, right. But hell, <laughs> even well, yeah, you're right. But even even uh, even three years older in the NBA is a significant difference. You know? Yeah. I mean, a 19 year old to a 22 year old. Oh, that's 40 pounds and two at three inches right you know? right yeah it's definitely a muscle thing and a, just a knowledge of experience yeah absolutely game that's experience. the biggest thing is, yeah yeah i mean the, the speed of the game coming to you you know but young cats don't get that it's definitely better for the nba because you're getting a guy that's a little more prepped a little more ready to play and that's what the nba wants that's why they instituted the one and done 
rule in the first place was so they weren't getting these kids that it takes two, three years. I mean, even Kobe was bad his first year out of high school. It takes the kids a while to get good. Right. So it's better for the teams, the owners, the league as a whole to have these kids as ready as possible when they come in. Well, I agree too. Plus, it's better for me because we got the Memphis Hustle down the road. If I got one of the best, if I got like the the, the LeBron James esque player, he's and he comes to in and plays, and he's coming into town, man, we're gonna watch this full bone and get thirty points a game on it. You know, I'm like, yeah, that you could, know? that could be a hot ticket in town. Hell yeah! I mean, I, I think I think it'd be great if they if they hype it up right and they do it right and they basically say like. We're getting ready for this dude's NBA experience. We're getting ready to change the league with this ball player, but you can go ahead and watch him right now. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. if they did that shit for Zion, dude, if, you know what I'm saying? We would definitely be going to those games, you know? Absolutely. Uh, they have another player, this kid, Isaiah Todd, that has yeah, uh, joined the select team as well. But uh, I don't know. Number thirteen doesn't impress me as much as number one. Yeah, Jalen Green's uh, top shooting guard and. 2020 high school dude if he came around here i would dig to play the the hustle in the g league i'm definitely watching the game i'm driving 40 minutes to go check it out it'd be awesome i mean uh jalen green was the mvp of the 2018 fiba under 17 world cup three-time gold medalist he was the 2020 all-american he was a uh, mcdonald's all-american 2020 jordan brand classic he was in the nike hoop summit i mean he's been everywhere he's the number one kid yeah and he's the first player to take this pro pathway. I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, dude, I think I think it's it's something that you could work out. Plus, all these guys know each other anyway. You know, I mean, they they've kind of already been a year or two before or after somebody. Oh yeah, you already been playing with them, so oh. it, all, all you're doing is helping each other out. Yeah, they know each other from AAU circuits, and they all know each other. Right. One way or another, they all do. One way. One downside is. I think he was going to come to Memphis and play for the Tigers. <laughs> Jalen Green. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks, man. But, you know, you know, I, I, but I, you know, I, I don't know. Col- I like college basketball, but I mean, I, and I don't want to really get into it, but you get your hopes up. And the whole James Wiseman thing, number one player, you're coming here, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, the, all the hype was behind it. Shit, man. They were the number one recruiting class. And they had good players, and they weren't even going to make the NCAA tournament, maybe not even the NIT tournament at the end of the year. You know? So I don't like watching these awesome, badass players go to a school just for like a year, and then the team doesn't do anything. Unless, I mean, sometimes it does. Like Carmelo, when Carmelo went won the national championship with Syracuse, you know? That was badass. The mm-hmm. hype was around him. He goes off, and he, he lived up to it. It was freaking great. Mm-hmm. But – I just don't see that happening a lot now. Now with this G League thing, shoot, from like, hold on, wait, you're gonna pay me if this kid's getting this Jalen this this Jalen Green kid's getting five hundred grand, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he can sign endorsements, bro. You give me a hundred, and he can go to college, bro. You give me freaking seventy grand. Everyone else is making thirty five. You double my salary. I'm going hanging out with you for six months, and that's any of the top twenty five players in the in, in the country would do that. All the rest of them are gonna go to college and, and maybe. Maybe win a national championship. Maybe come out and be a diamond in the rough. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not gonna watch a kid go to the pros dude, and kick yeah, ass. This kid's uh, this kid, Jalen Green. He's gonna be the guinea pig. Yeah, it's gonna mm-hmm. be a story to follow for sure going yeah. into next season. Yeah, it's gonna be super interesting. And screw the NCAA anyway. 
Yeah, I think they're just a bunch of thieves, man. If you notice, uh, the one-and-done thing hasn't really played out in the NCAA recently anyway. The teams that are winning, the teams that are winning championships are teams that are kind of built up. Yeah, like Virginia won it, Villanova won it. Right, the teams that have Texas, been winning. Texas, A&M, Texas A&M went to the Final Four. Yeah, teams that teams that are winning are teams that are built up, not teams full of one-and-dones. And and you know what? Look, some of these one and duns, like when Memphis had a great squad, and then they got Derrick Rose. They needed that one piece. But they already and had a team. Yeah, one hundred percent right. They already had a team. Same thing with Duke University. They're already kind of having a team. Mm-hmm. Then again, Chesky's he's getting these three players that are one and duns. Yeah. Now he'll get them, and next thing you know, just like last year, they were undefeated, number one team, and they lost to uh, Stephen F. Austin. Yeah. And. Stephen F. Austin was a good squad. I mean, but they're they're like a 14 seed in the tournament. But they go out there, game seven in the regular season, in Cameron indoors and beat them. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and I, I guess I'm as proving your point is what I'm saying. And I, I think you're right. But I think what they're also doing is they're hurting some of these big universities. Hey man, I'm gonna win and done. I'm gonna go to Duke. Well, guess what? You may be able to get a championship, but you may not. Just go to the G League. Get some money. Let us all see you go around, and the more bat, better players they can pit on the G League, they can even have an – it just be better for everybody, I think. Yeah, I think it's a cool alternative because I'm, I'm against the one-and-done rule. I think a kid is 18. He can join the Army. He can die for his country. He should be able to make money playing basketball if he's good enough. America! I just, I just don't uh, – you're 18. You're an illegal adult. You're a legal adult. You should be able yeah. to make choices. Right. For your future. Right. I agree, man. I agree. Get your money. Get your money. That's the way I look at it. But I also see the NBA side where they want the kids to be prepared. Now the salaries are so high. You're paying a kid $8 million a year to what? Learn how to play basketball? Yeah, no joke. I mean, they know what they gave the beat. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. Like, the beat would have been exposed in the in a G League team, so he wouldn't have gone number two. It would have cost him a lot of money. See, and that's the best part part of that. That's the cost best the player, part of the whole It costs the thing. player a lot of money, but it saves the team and the fans a lot of anguish. Dude, you were you were the you would have been the number two kid in the draft for like anybody, like the number two or the number three kid in the draft, and then you go out and you play these games. You're seven games in, and you're only getting nine points a game, mm. or you're Less. games later, you're not. Yeah, or less, or you're not even getting playing time because you're not that good. But the kid who was like 16, 17, 18 should have been picked or whatever. He's in the league. Next thing you know, he's getting 25 points a game with 10 rebounds. You're like, holy shit. You know, it was like Brandon Clark coming out here. What's going on? Hold on. Who's this guy? So you're right. It's going to hurt people and it's going to help people. And I think that's part of the gamble too. And then all of a sudden you look at teams, that's going to change the whole dynamic of the league. Because they're like, well, we thought we were going to go with this guy, but we can see what this guy actually does and watch these young kids make an immediate impact on the teams that Mm -hmm. they get drafted by. Right. Like uh, Brandon Clark, who plays for the Memphis Grizzlies, was – Mid first round pick, but he played four years at college. He comes in, he has an immediate impact on a team. Immediate impact. So yeah, they say sense. he's a steal of the draft, and he's yeah. you know. So. Yeah. Well, he, he, if he can get healthy, it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Though something new, right? Something new the NBA is doing. I think it's cool. I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's good for everybody. Let the kids sign endorsements, make money, play some ball, do what they want. 
Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. What time is it? Game time. Huh. <laughs> Let's see. Other news this week. Let's see. I read that Jimmy Butler recently purchased basketball hoops for all of his Heat teammates. That's hilarious. Yeah. Apparently, he wants them to be able to practice. <laughs> I don't think any of these players are even picking up basketballs. I don't think they're doing shit. Really? Yeah, I think they're playing video games and eating and chilling, not doing shit. That's what I think. Now, there's probably there's exceptions. I think that's the general feeling right now is that the season's over and they can't go anywhere. They can't do shit. None of them want to get sick, that's for sure. Yeah. You're in the NBA. You got everything to lose. The Heat strength coach, Eric Foran, revealed mm-hmm. he revealed that Jimmy Butler was the only Heat player with access to a regulation basketball hoop. That is just sad. Though Gordon Dragic did have a portable hoop. (laughs) So he goes out and he buys all his teammates hoops. He says, that's the kind of guy Jimmy Butler is. He wants you. He wants to get the best out of you. No excuse. Sure. Sure. It wasn't a dig at him. Be like, man, y'all suck here. I'm like, y'all need to practice as much as possible. Maybe. Possible. <laughs> I, think he, I think he was calling around and he's like, You've been playing? And these guys are like, No, playing, playing. For- You're like, I don't have a goal. I don't have a goal. I don't have a goal. Just excuses. No, nah, man, I've just been playing Call of Duty or whatever the fuck. <laughs> they could still play. It's not yeah. likely, but that's part of being ready. That's part of being a professional. You got to keep your body in shape. Yeah, I think you're right. That's hilarious, though, dude. I, I mean, I, I think it'd be cool to get you know, get a free basketball goal from the dude. That's awesome. But what are your intentions here, man? I'm just kind of wondering. Trying to find an update on Justice Winslow for the Grizzlies. He's the one I'm worried about. What's he doing? Oh, yeah. Dude, that dude's not doing anything, man. Oh, man. But here's some good news, though, Jeff. Here's some good news. Mm-hmm. Breaking news. We live in Tennessee. That's a fact. Our governor just said the stay-at-home order to will expire April 30th. Mm. I'm not That's sure how awesome. I feel about that. Well, yeah, but it says it says in the vast majority of businesses in 89 counties will allow to reopen May 1st. <sighs> Does that mean basketball's back? Dun dun dun. No, it's gonna be a slow reopen. You'll probably be looking at restaurants being at 50% occupancy. I think it's going to be a slow, like you still need to be careful. You realize that. Yeah, that's true. But ooh, they're talking about July when people can stop coming start coming out of their houses. Now here where we live, they're saying in two weeks. Ooh, that's good. I guess, man, but that's not because of science or the coronavirus. That's because of the economy. That's well, that's exactly what it is. But hey, man, you know, come on, let's get some basketball going too. That's part of the economy. <laughs> I don't know. It it worries me. Yeah, they're doing it because of pressure. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Protesters pressure. I don't like it. I'm gonna keep. Oh, I don't like it. I'm gonna keep my happy ass at home. I think. I mean, yeah. it, it may be a little bit of going out, but. Mm. I just, I would, I think the state needs to advise caution. Yeah, that's, yeah, you're right. You're right. Hopefully they will. That's not national either. That's just, yeah. it's just so sad, man. All the people that are working in healthcare do not yeah. want to not, I guarantee you they do not want to see this. 
You're looking at a Not spike. Sure. You're looking at another spike. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Too many people around each other. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Spreading it around. I guess that's good news for economy. Start buying your oil stocks right now. <laughs> yeah. If the economy is about to turn. Oh, yeah. One thing I saw over the week was an announcement. I don't know if it's an announcement or if I just am late to the party or I'm just finding out. The PS5 is coming out this year, the PlayStation 5. Yeah, I saw that. Did you know that? Yeah, I saw that. I've been holding out. I, I still have a PS2. Really? No. <laughs> hmm. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, are you going to buy one? I think so. I haven't bought a system in since 2008. Wow. I bought a PS3. I got it right when it came out. And I didn't get a four because I just wasn't playing games. I could never justify it. But I think I'm going to get a five and because that'll last me like another 10 years. Dang, okay. And it's got, it's got all the VR and shit. It looks pretty cool. Uh, it might be a, a little pricey, but I still got a little stimmy cash left over. Hey, guys, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> let me hold some of that. Let me hold some of that stimmy cash. Ca- cash in some of this oil stock money after the economy turns. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The, it's not coming out till like around the Christmas holidays. Got some time to save up. I guess really what we need to do is I think it's time to talk about the last dance. Yeah. Probably the biggest, most anticipated thing in 2020 sports. There can't be anything more exciting as an NBA fan who lived through the 90s than the last dance on ESPN. All the behind the scenes stuff, super interesting to me. I don't think uh, I don't think I've ever seen ESPN air the same program on two channels at the same time. Granted, that's true. I mean, granted, one was like a mature content version, and one was like a PG thirteen edited version. But I've just never, I've never seen it. Never seen it happen. Yeah, it's pretty good. Now I'm sure you watched it. Man, that was awesome. I wore my Dennis Rodman jersey. You wore your Dennis Rodman jersey? Hell yeah! <laughs> Champions. Laddie, I watched uh, each part. I think three times. No way. Yeah, I think so. Bro. I lost count. I was up till like four in the morning just unwinding from work and just kind of hanging out. Not really doing much. And it was just on the TV over and over and over. Right. It was very good. I enjoyed the hell out of it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I uh, I thought so far it's lived up to the hype. Let's put it that way. I think I think so far it's lived up to the hype on every single thing that people thought it would, and I'm I'm super excited about that. I love how something they did years and years ago now are all able to see, you know, and like witness and watch. It was just, it was awesome. Yeah, to me, it was the behind the scenes stuff that was the best. But right, it's, it's just access that you don't get, like when they're going back to the locker rooms with the trainers. That stuff is just cool to me to see. It's when they're in their most vulnerable states. You know, they're not out on the court where they're trying to look cooler or whatever it is. 
trying to be professional. They're just behind the scenes. That's the best stuff. Somebody was getting taped up and Jordan's over there talking to him and the trainer. Yeah. And then he was cussing too. You're right. It's great. He was cussing and it was just let it go. Yeah. It's great. Uh, to me, it brought up a lot of just crazy, great memories from that era. I grew up a Bulls fan. My family's from Chicago. I watched all of those finals games, and it just just the feelings that came out watching it was it's just great, man. It's, it reminded me of a better time. <laughs> when they played basketball? When, it, <laughs> when the game was just different. It was just uh, I was just watching Michael was such a treat, and you knew you were experiencing something great when you were watching it. He was so dominant uh, at any time. You knew he was going to take over the game, get what he needed to be done. Finished. Right. I like how he take over a game, and he didn't have to shoot threes to do it. Yeah, he was so versatile, and part of that was coaching too. Good teammates. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I thought it was awesome. I thought like the fact that as soon as it starts, uh-huh. there's controversy about the the, the general manager. Right. You know, there's controversy as soon as it starts. And we're like, wait, what? What's going on here? Right. So like you 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 show that there's a problem. Now we're going to show you here's the best player in the league who's dealing with the problem. But let's go back to when he was 18 years old and talk about it. I mean, it, the way that they set it up, literally like editing wise, it made it just. It, it, it intrigued you. Yeah. I'm watching it with my girlfriend and she's a sports fan, but she was like really into it. Like, wow. Okay. I didn't know this. Like, neither did I. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They brought in the drama right off the bat, right off the bat. Yeah, and good. that's, that's a key, key thing that when you get anybody, you don't want to wait for a buildup. Shit. It's already there. Now we're going to tell you, okay, cool. Cause now we've got to get back to why the freaking general manager did that. And man. Yeah. And Jordan's such a high profile guy. Just to be able to see him now sit down and uh, candidly speak on it. Well, you know, I, I like with the guy who, you, you know, as they interviewed everybody. And, of course, they're interviewing the guy who even made that documentary. And the one thing that really stood out to me was, and is the most truest thing ever is he said, he goes, you know, I got to meet Michael and we were going to go meet for a drink at a bar or whatever. And he goes, I was so nervous because it's like meeting Santa Claus. And if you think about it, he's 100% right. <laughs> you know, Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali, these are like figures that you hear about. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And, and you know, they're real people, but you're like, yeah, you know, just they're like fairy tale, you know, I, I, he, I, I, don't, I don't think he could compare it to anything else that was more like a better adjective. You know what I'm saying? Or description of what it was. I do because he's just so, such a massive superstar that you don't even see him as like a person almost. Right. <laughs> it's like, I, a, I, like a fictional character almost. <laughs> man, one year I met Hulk Hogan. And, <laughs> I, and, and literally, and, and you can kind of put Hulk Hogan up in that same realm. To no, a you can't. <laughs> well, no. He was, yes, you can. Yeah, Wrestling does not have the fan base he that was Michael the Jordan had. The, I understand, but he was the best at what he did. Do you know what I'm saying? At yeah. one time, Hulk Hogan was the best at what he did. Yeah, Bucking yeah. Le- Michael Jordan's the best basketball player ever. Right. Okay. So when I, but then, so the years had gone by, he kind of, he was still kind of wrestling the NWO thing, you know, it, it ended. I was in my twenties at the time and I met him and he didn't, it didn't have the, the, the charisma as I thought he would. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? He was, he was a nice dude. 
Right. He was a nice dude. Maybe it's the fact that I'm older now and I don't look at these guys as like role models or like, or like, he's still an iconic figure, but like I, I talked to the guy, you know what I'm saying? And like, I'm, I'm not standing eye to eye with him, but I was a lot closer now than I am when I was six, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit different, but I think that if Mike, but I think that if Michael Jordan would be in a room, I think I would probably be like, okay, yeah, this has Jordan. Mm-hmm. I think the best wrestler, that's the best basketball player ever. Because I think, you know, obviously, like you said, it's a different sport, you know? I mean, he's, Michael's lived such a crazy life. He's seen so much shit that we couldn't even imagine that he's just on a different playing field, you know? I mean, life. you're what? No, you're right. He made more money in endorsements than he did in on from a paycheck. Oh yeah, you know from the league. Oh yeah, you know. And remember, his dad got killed. His dad got murdered. <laughs> like, you know. Mm-hmm. And he still won rings after that. Like, I mean, having his mindset, and after you learn about his dad and like his family and all that, like you you just see them in a whole kind of different light. Mm-hmm. And I remember Jordan was saying that. He was scared people were going to see him in a different light and not like him. Yeah, but there's also a whole other culture of people that love that shit. <laughs> that encourage it. That they feed off that energy. Right. Let me tell you, if they don't start bringing back his shoes one by one. <laughs> I think they already do. They're they? the dumbest. Well, they do. Yeah. But I'm talking about if they release them all, like starting number one, Jordan, you know, all the way to right now. If they don't start releasing those bad boys, dude, they're I mean, the dumbest people ever. Because I swear to God, when the Jordan 4s come out, I'm buying a pair. Laddie, they're still making Jordans. Uh, they just came out with a new Jordan this year. And it's yeah, actually know, a pretty badass shoe. I don't buy what if, basketball shoes because I have a pair of basketball shoes that I will wear if I'm going to play basketball. But like I'm not like a big sneakerhead, so right. But those, I, I I understand what a good shoe looks like though. Dude, what if they re-released every one of Jordan's shoes in the price when they when they came out? <laughs> How awesome would that be? Yeah, I, I think a pair of shoes is like two hundred fifty bucks now. I know. Shit, back then they were 120. How'd <laughs> <laughs> rather spend that 120? Shoot, come on, what's up, stimulus check? Where my yeah. Jordans at? I think you can get. I think they did reissue a lot of those shoes. You can get the Concords and Taxis. You can get that shit. It's out there. Yeah, they. Yeah, I know. I know they did. I know. But but I thought it, I think it would just be awesome if they did a whole big global thing where like we're gonna re-release them at the stores. You, know, you go get a Jordan Four right now. You're gonna go get them in seven different colors and. You know, you can get them online. I'm talking about from Nike with like the little, right. remember the thing that said Nike Air on it that you would wear on the tongue and shit? Like, that's that's what I mean. Re-release them all. Everyone would buy a pair. Everybody. They'd buy them for their kids all over again because, man, you got to strike when the iron's hot. And if this is the hottest thing that people have been talking about and waiting for, you got to give us what we want, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Or I'll just go buy a jersey for $800. Uh, the other thing about that, this show I really liked is, uh, it was the whole Scotty Pippen thing. I don't really like it. I mean, I think he got, he got screwed up money and contract and just, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it was really his fault or the people working for him, but still like well, knowing, knowing about what happened now, you're like, Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> let's see. Finish line's got some Jordan fours, 150 bucks. What? Yeah. What color are they? They got blue and they got red. See, those weren't the real Jordan 4s. You know what I'm saying? They were, 
they were that's what I'm talking about. I, they, I want the white ones with like the, the black netting on there with the red little tag in the back that says Nike Air on it. That's what I'm looking for. Which <laughs> one? You want the black ones? No, no. Well, yeah, they were they're black and white. Yeah, I had the white ones, dude. They were so fresh. But you're right. I can go get them online. But I'm telling you, they would they re-release and did a whole thing where they it's oh not the blue ones, not the red ones. Damn, these look good. Like three, the three pair. Fuck all that. They got some black leather ones with a gum sole. Those look good. Gum sole. Uh, you want the red ones, the fire red and white. Yeah, with the black. Yeah, man. man. You wear a size eight and a half, right? Fuck that. I wear a size 12, man. Come on. We're real men over here. We're real people. We found don't some, shop at the Found some apartment. eight and a halfs on eBay for a hundred bucks. Yeah, exactly. Jordan four. I'm going to look them up too. Jordan four. <laughs> I'm going to look them up too. There they are. The white ones, dude. Not the white and red, but with like the netting right there. I don't know why they have that blue one. The black ones, the middle the black ones are kind of fresh. I just didn't have those. I had the ones. There you go. There they are. With that gray on them as well. The retro OG white cement. See, now you got me looking at shoes, Jeff. Yeah, there we, we go. Jordan, the fire. You're right. Fire red. That's the ones I have yeah. right there. Let go. Let's get them. Yeah, yeah. And they said flight on them. I mean, those are just the shit. You got a stimulus check coming. Come on. What's up, stimulus check? Buy some Jordans. What's up, Jordans? <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. It's either that or I'm going to buy cameos. <laughs> My favorite was always the taxi. The what? The taxi. That was the 97 version of Jordan's, I think. It was 97. The taxi. It was the one that was like, uh, it had the little uh, discoloration on the toe and the side, the off color. I don't mm-hmm. I can't explain it. Anybody listening can look it up. They'll know exactly what it is. I'll put a picture on uh, Instagram <laughs> of me wearing my new taxis. No. I can't justify spending money on shoes like that. I just can't do it. I mean... I wish I could, but I can't. I got a house. I got a mortgage. (laughs) They have these blue ones. Retro blue ones. Loyal blue for $161. See, see Jefferson, it's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) Re-release these junts. 2012 Nike Air Jordan Reds. There we go. Mars Blackman editions. Mm, Those are fresh. You know, when I was a kid watching those championships, I used to save the newspapers. Like, it meant nothing. I didn't live in Chicago. It wasn't like the Chicago newspaper. (laughs) But I saved them. And I wrapped them all up. Every year, I would wrap it up in a trash bag. Uh Uh-huh. And I saved them in my closet, the front page of the sports section, every year that the Bulls would win a championship. Like, what was I saving those for? Shoot, I don't know. Why would you admit that? <laughs> just because i was so proud of the right. bulls and what they had done i was like this is awesome i want to remember it forever they're probably in the trash now i don't know uh, my parents don't really throw stuff away so but i kind of took uh-huh. everything i took everything that was mine out of that house over a decade ago so right i didn't see those if i had seen those i, I don't know man maybe i would have kept them <laughs> yeah maybe i would have got I mean, them framed and hung them in the bathroom that's <laughs> very nice <laughs> i don't know there was a lot of information in that documentary and we don't have to go through it all i mean you can watch it yourself or there's plenty of other people reporting on it, like detailed podcasts about 
the last dance episode right but we don't have to do all that i did have a couple takeaways from it though one was just that's always bothered me and i think it bothers a lot of people is the way they broke that team up yeah why I don't remember any other NBA team doing that. Breaking up a winning team. Even the teams that couldn't beat the Bulls never broke it up. The Pacers, the Knicks, they never really broke it up. They let those guys play out their careers. Yeah. Like, as a team, going for it. It kind of got me thinking, as an upper management or an owner, you owe it to those players. To let them walk away on their own terms. If you're winning championships or even one championship, you know, you got to keep that group together as long as you can. You got to ride it out because you just never know. And to break it up prematurely, it just makes no fucking sense to me. I think you owe it to the players. I mean, who's putting in the work, really? Who's out there risking the longevity of their knees and ankles and working out all the time and trying to stay focused and mentally prepared? And that's a taxing thing to put on yourself. And to not let them decide on their own terms when it ends. I mean, imagine if the Warriors right now just broke it up. They're like, ah, these guys are getting in their 30s, Clay knee Steph, you've had ankle problems your whole career let's let's tear it down we're projected to get this you know number one european player next year let's break it up oh you don't do that you let those guys you let steph draymond and clay you let them play it out until they don't want to do it anymore that's the way it should be handled i think uh a lot of executives have learned what not to do by what what the bulls did (laughs) yeah let's give examples okay the celtics never broke it up larry bird got to finish on his terms magic and the lakers same thing kobe is like the most recent guy well not the only recent guy but a recent example of a guy that the organization took care of him because of what he did in the past not necessarily what he can still do but what he's done for your team you take care of your players yeah the spurs did it duncan and all those guys manu tony parker i mean he went and signed a bunch of money charlotte but that was whatever they all left on their own terms i think you know i think miami fucked up with d wade D-Wade should have never had to leave Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't want to pay him what he thought he was worth. I think that was a mistake. And I think they realized that was a mistake because they brought him back to finish his career. I just think it's uh, I think it's fucked up, man, not to let the players decide when their reign is going to end. When you're winning. I understand if you're bad or you can't get over the hump. Like maybe you can't even get to the finals or maybe you thought the team was going to do well and it just hasn't, just hasn't happened. Sure. Break it up. I get it. Blow it up. 
blow it sky high. But when you're winning, you owe it to them. You owe more to them than to just cast them aside. It was that Jerry guy, Jerry Krause or whatever. Mm-hmm. Man, he did it because of ego. Man, he did it all because of ego. I know. That's just bottom that's line. Fucked. Just, yeah, you just and, and yeah, and he didn't care. That's why when Jordan knew it too, they all knew it. Mm-hmm. When you walk up to Phil Jackson, you say, "Hey, man, it's going to be your last year, and I'm going to get somebody else," and you publicly bring that dude around that 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 guy, man, they knew exactly what it was. So they said, "We're going to go ahead. We're going to win this without, you know, we're going to win it for ourselves and without that dude." But you're right; he was just an idiot. He probably turned her too many times. Somebody yells, "Well, you know what? If Jordan wasn't there, you couldn't win nothing. You only won because of Jordan. You won. Oh, really? I bet. Well, I'm the GM. Watch. I'll make this happen. I'll shift off the coach. I'll change this whole damn thing around. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, that's exactly what happened. And <laughs> they haven't won a championship yet. Well, a guy like Kraus is looking like he's like, okay, we have Jordan, but look what else I did. I got us this guy. I got us this guy. I got us this guy. That's what." why we're successful michael can't do it himself at the same time why would you even risk pissing off a winning situation see that's what i'm saying man that's what we talked about what's good for the goose is good for the gander that's (laughs) like we were talking about last week though with the whole bull situation over there right is sometimes these general managers they get thrown into a situation to where they may have the best basketball player in the world on their team. Do you know what I'm saying? You may already be in a situation to where you literally have to make a move here or there. And they say, you know, you may have success and you're a God when the reality of it is you really didn't do much. It was all about that player in the beginning. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I was trying to explain last, last week when I was saying, you know, you get in a certain situation and this Jerry Krause guy gets into a situation where they got Michael Jordan He's the best player ever. And then you won with the guy. Mm-hmm. They even said they got they got Cartwright. They got him and they got rid of Charles Oakley. And they even said it. Jordan was like, yeah, that's my boy. But still, it's a business. And like we're mm-hmm. better getting rid of him. I understand that. But when you win six in a row, or, you know what I mean? They should have kept Oakley. What do you say? They should have kept Oakley. I mean, maybe. You, 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 never, you never know. But, but he did what he did. But you still had Michael Jordan on your team. Oakley, I mean, yeah. I, Come on, man. He would have he been super beneficial throughout that run, no doubt. When they were playing the Pistons and shit. Yeah. Oh, because he's a, yeah, he's a bully down low, for sure. I just, you know, like I said, I just think that sometimes GMs get in a certain position and they, I don't want to say they're lucky or they're whatever, but they, they win. Yeah. You know, for certain reasons. And I mean, I know it's a different sport, but if you look at Brian Cashman with the Yankees, I hate, I hate, I hate the Yankees. I am not a fan of the Yankees. Don't get me wrong. But yes, they have all the money in the world. And yes, they pay for their players. It's a fact. But mm-hmm. Brian Cashman's the smart one to realize these are the ones that we're going to go after. And this is the wor- moves we're going to make. And they've succeeded almost every year when you think that you know, they have a, a whore. They don't even make the playoffs. Well, next year they're leading their division and they're, they're in the playoffs. The Yankees have done very well at buying, <laughs> uh, buying other people's players. They have they 100% they have. And as, a, but Brian Cashman still has to make them other moves as well. And so he has a longevity and, and, and I, and I get that. And that's why he's still there, but come on, man. I mean, that's why you look at the, I don't know, the Grizzlies. Some people are, 
you make certain trades and you make some moves and okay, you're doing well. Okay. But then it's like, well, what have you done for me lately? We still have to win. Well, if you keep making awesome moves and getting great players and still winning and you get better and better and better, well, that means you're the one that did it. You know what I'm saying? Being the general manager of the Memphis Grizzlies and succeeding and being badass uh-huh. means you're pretty good at your job. You didn't have an all-star on your squad who's going to score 60 when needed. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I kind of relate what happened with the Bulls to what happened with the Grizzlies. I mean, granted, Memphis never won a championship or even really got close. But I, in my opinion, it was broken up prematurely. When uh, they didn't re-sign Zebo, and they let Tony Allen walk, and they signed a injured small forward to a max deal, uh, that you don't think that was a good move? And they sabotaged their salary, so they couldn't bring back two of the guys that were heart and soul of the team, being Zebo and Ta. Yeah, but I mean that's kind of along the same lines. Is what Kraus did, in my opinion. Granted, I mean, Memphis so, never yeah. won a championship, but who's responsible for that? Was it Chris Wallace? Was it David Fisdale? Well, it was everybody. It was every. It was everybody involved. But yeah, I, well, I they're both saying. not with the. Well, Wallace is sort of with the organization, but they're neither of them are making decisions anymore. That's for damn sure. Right. I think they had, you see, you get to a point to where, well, you, you did well. So instead of getting rid of, of Chris Wallace, and, and I mean, it's, it's a big, it's a big pill to swallow, but it's, Hey man, we're going to demote you from this position to this position. And for you staying on and still being a part of it and wanting to win, it just talks about his character. Now, granted, you know, just like I know is that Chris Wallace could probably go to almost any team in the NBA and be like, this is my track record for winning. And he's done good. Like, I mean, he could do that. But sitting back and be like, all right, no, I mean, I'm good in my role right here. I'm going to be more of an advisor when it comes to people rather than the GM and making all these big money moves and stuff. Shoot, good for him. Well, he, he realized what his role is. Well, I think part of that is the Grizzlies are owed him money on his contract either way. If they fire him or if they demote him, I think an op- that's a situation where he was offered either a demotion or he could quit. Wallace that is so are you going to quit and walk away from the remaining of your contract or are you going to take the demotion work out your contract yeah, and true. keep getting them I mean, checks but also, well right but that's also depending if he had another gig lined up uh, but yeah that's what you're saying that's what you're saying yeah I agree John Paxson is doing the same thing at the Bulls that he was the former vice president of the Bulls and uh, they offered him a demotion and I assume they offered him the uh, option of quitting. <laughs> but you don't quit and walk away from that money. You can, if you fire yeah. him, you have to pay him. If he quits, true. you don't have to pay him. Well, we're three days a week. Go ahead. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Kind of brings me to another. I really only have one last thing that we can, that I have planned to talk about was. Yeah. The uh, Nuggets. GM Arturis Karnasovas finalized a deal to become the Bulls' top executive last week, and we kind of talked about what are the Nuggets gonna gonna do. Uh huh. And uh, it appears now the NBA is kind of on hold right now. Like nobody's really making deals because nobody's really working. <laughs> but uh, the Nuggets appear to be planning to promote. 
Calvin Booth to general manager. There's no time frame on when they'll make the announcement official. But right. according to two league sources, this is going down. He'll be replacing Arturis Karnasovas' spot as a GM. Arturis obviously took the promotion at Chicago to be the vice president after seven years with Denver, after building up Denver. I think Booth has been with Denver for about like three years, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's in his third year, so he's good friends with uh, the president of basketball operations, Tim Connolly. It looks like they kind of were grooming Booth to take that spot. He's going to step in. Apparently he's been there. He's he's been he was part of all those drafts that went really well for Denver there, which is why they're so good right now. Yeah, I like all that except for the Michael Porter Jr. But I mean, yeah, other than that, well, that's yet to yet to be seen how that plays out. Right, right, right. Uh, apparently that's last true. last season Booth was a finalist to run the Minnesota Timberwolves job. Oh wow! So he's he's been on his way, I guess. Well, that's good. Yeah, well, at least they got something going on over there, making some moving pieces happen. Yeah, and hopefully the hiring of Booth will keep Denver from losing a step yeah. and falling off. You know, Denver's Denver's a good good city. They deserve to win, and and I kind of like what they got going on there with Jokic and Murray. Hey man, don't lie. You just love Will Barton, and we all do. Uh, don't lie. I was gonna say it. I want to see Will Barton succeed, but Will Barton, was Dude. Having, he was having such a good year this year. Damn it. He was, man. He, you know what's so weird? Like watching him play. And I mean, I mean back, back to your point, I think Denver's a good team. Mm -hmm. And I think they have all the right pieces for Smart that kind team. of team. Right. And I mean, I, I, I get – like I don't even know if Denver is a – if it's a flashy, attractive market – like, I don't know if it is or not. I think they have a lot of expendable income there. I think I it's think a rich do. a rich city. <laughs> I don't know I how think, big the no, market is. I don't know. No, right. Sorry. I think I think you're right. I think they're rich. But I think I think the fan base, the people love the team. And I, I think that um I don't know, I think they did a they've done a good job there, so you know, for, for, for a long time. And I like Will Barton. I think that kid when he was here in Memphis, he was really good. Um, but he's kind of like, kind of like a spaz on the floor. Like he didn't know what's going on. He still kind of plays the same way, but he's just such an energetic guy, you know? Um, yeah, he's a veteran now though. It's a crazy. He's probably, he's, I mean, I don't want to say he's had a better career than a lot of other people that went to U of M, but still he, he's had a good career and, and I, I like oh. what Denver does. I love the fact that you see him up there and they're rivaling a rival rivalry with, you know, all these other teams. It's, you know, Lakers or Golden State and then it's like Denver, <laughs> you know, right there, like second or third spot. I got a weird feeling that Will Barton is like 27. 27 years old. I got a weird feeling. Hang he on. is, isn't he? Let me look. Well, you know, we talked about in the past that I think players peak around 26, 27, 28. That's like the window. That three-year window. Like, if I was building a team, I would want all guys that age, right? Let me look and see how old he is. Hold on. All right. Can I guess? Yeah, guess. Uh, Will Barton's 20. He's 27. He's 29. No way. Yeah. So he's he's still, like, right there. But I think I feel like he was having one of his – I think he was having his best year ever. 
just based on he's what 29 I years old you're right seven years he's been with denver the whole portland it's a late bloomer denver. but look at him though dude look at his like career and his he was having a good year dude he was having a great year 37.5 percent from three-pointers okay 15 points a game six rebounds three assists dude that's a strong that's a strong stat line yeah he was playing i just i was just watching the way he was playing he was playing with confidence Looked like he was on his way. Like he was really f- starting to figure it out. He was really accepting, like a I don't want to say a leadership role, but like really just a dependable player. Sure. Where you're not like uh, I don't know if I want him to shoot it. Like a lot of times you lo- you watch games and you're like ah I don't know if he should be shooting it. He's, uh, you never know what's going to happen when he has the ball. <laughs> but this year I felt confident watching him just in his demeanor and his. The way he was handling himself and carrying himself on the court just looked like he was finally ready to break out and be a a pro's pro, a veteran guy that you can lean on. Yeah. Such a tough break. Yeah. So bummed. I'm so bummed. We started healthy, man. I'm so bummed that we started a podcast on the NBA and then the NBA is like, like it's not even a strike. It's just screwed out of a year. Yeah, it does suck, but whatever, man. It'll get better. So bizarre. So bizarre. How bizarre. Let me see something real quick. Let me call Bo and see if he answers. Hello, Jeff. Hello? Hey. (laughs) Do you have a second? Yeah, I can talk for a little bit. Laddie, what were we just talking about? Oh, yeah, the Nuggets. Um, The Nuggets. All right. Well, I just called Bo and he answered. So, thanks for joining, Bo. Yeah, thanks for having me. Late. I still got Laddie on the line too. Right, hey, Laddie. What's Laddie. up, Laddie's Man, nothing much. Trying out this three-way calling. <laughs> it's kind of party cool. line. I've never done this before, so it's a new one for me. Party line. <laughs> um, you kind of missed everything. We talked about horse. Horse, a oh, horse. horse. Um, I watched no horse. <laughs> I know Mike Conley won. Uh, he used one of my favorite methods. From what I understand, he used one of my favorite methods to win. Is since he's left-handed and I'm left-handed, we can shoot with our right hand, which is our off hand, yeah. better than most people can shoot with their left hands when that's their off hand. So, I tend to win horse games like that. I think you can relate to that, Jeff. Yeah, being I'm left-handed, a I'm a lefty. Uh, yeah, what's y'all's take on the uh, the G League thing and what it means? I mean, I think that what it means for college basketball. What what was your takeaway? Uh, I think we kind of agreed that it's a good thing for the league, not necessarily for the players, but at least he can get paid and sign endorsements. Mm-hmm. Um, he could lose money in draft stock if he doesn't look as good against G League players as he would against university players. Yeah, but I think it looks like they're just going to run exhibition games, so they could um, mm-hmm. kind of hide their weaknesses a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he put Hashim Thabit out there against grown men, and he looks bad. He Maybe he doesn't go second overall. Maybe he loses out on a lot of draft money. So there's, I think, a couple of sides to it, huh? Definitely. Yeah, but at least the kid can get a little bit of cash. He has an opportunity to go to school. And he can sign. My big thing is the endorsement money. It's making money off your likeness, signing a contract. Uh, what What did you take away from it? I uh, yeah, I think the the NBA is doing it's 
they're you know they're getting the the elite level prospects and getting a hold of them and you know giving them a forum to develop and also market themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. Uh, I think for the NCAA, I think it will it'll actually improve the college basketball product because you'll have more continuity and mm-hmm. the players that get recruited might end up staying for two years instead of just one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I like it for both, both sides. And if you're a high level prospect, like I, mean, I think, you know, Zion sounded like he, he might've just gone to Duke anyway. He might've wanted to just do that. Yeah. Um, but if you're a guy like Zion, you don't want to go to college. You know, you get to go live in Southern California and get kind of put on an exhibition stage for a year and get to sign endorsement deals. Yeah, and you get to train uh, at a higher level. You don't have to worry about waking up for some class or some test or whatever. Exactly. And they probably, the NBA will put those guys through, you know, their version of life classes and finance and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it behooves, we talked about it earlier, so sorry to repeat it for anybody listening, but... It behooves the NBA to have guys as ready as possible when they get drafted. Uh, it helps owners. It helps teams. It helps the league be stronger. You're not paying some guy. These rookie contracts are no joke anymore. It's a lot of money paying them to teach them how to play basketball. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing all around. Except for the guys that I agree. are. Yeah. Except for if it hurts a guy. And that's what we'll see if it hurts anybody. Jalen Green's supposed to be a top draft pick. If he doesn't end up a top draft pick, it'll be a story to watch. It'll be something to watch when we get around to basketball again. Yeah. Uh, well, else? and I think that actually college basketball hurt James Wiseman a little bit because he quit. If he would have stayed, maybe it would have helped his draft stock. That's hard to say. Um, I think this program would have done what it was tailor-made for a james wiseman situation yeah yeah, I, yeah that's yeah. what i was saying that and also the ball kid Lamelo ball who went overseas the nba mm-hmm. sees that and they say well we got it i mean how can we capitalize on this too exactly i mean wasn't his dad trying to do something like that too um i think something Lamella ball yeah they had a league something and he he wanted to have like a league where he was going to pay the kids like 25 grand and just to like go play a couple of games and like a couple of different teams. Yeah. I think that's kind of what his whole initiative, which, which, I mean, he, he's obviously a good clown and, you know, people don't really respect him, but I think it's a good thing. It's going to open up the door for a lot of different kids. And like you we were talking about earlier, Jeff, I think it's going to make kids. You're going to be the number 25 mm-hmm. pro- pro- projected 25 pick or the projected 20th pick in the NBA draft. And all of a sudden you join this thing and you start mm-hmm. balling out and you, you move to the top three, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe Kobe is not a 13th pick. Maybe he's a top five pick. If he had this, maybe, maybe the beat would be a 45 pick instead of a number two pick. You know, you never know. Uh-huh. And that protects, that's going to, this is going to help protect some uh, executives that like to buy young, <laughs> like to, Find that diamond in the rough. That's right. to protect them from gambling too much. Yeah, I like I like I like it for sure. Um, you said you didn't watch any of the Last Dance, huh? No, I'll I'll might, might watch it tomorrow night. Yeah, you should spread it out uh, over the week or something. So we got another two episodes next week of yeah. the Last Dance, and. Uh, I hope they bring in more players. Like, uh, I want to see BJ Armstrong and 
I know the next one is supposed to be a little bit about Rodman. Um, yeah. I want some Ron Harper. I want some Ron, uh, Ron Bra- what was his name? Brown? Randy Brown? Is that his name? What about Luke Longley? <laughs> Luke Longley. Yeah, he's a coach now. I want to see some Luke Longley. Uh, Michael Jordan's in it. <laughs> yeah, did, the Bulls, did the Bulls win? Is that what happens? Did you guys have <laughs> any idea Scottie Pippen had brothers? Uh, I, I did not know that. Me neither. Do now. Uh, Jordan's yeah, kids, I think they'll be in it. Who? Jordan's kids. Oh, Marcus and... Uh... Yeah, I just know Marcus played at UCF. What's his name? I don't know. Jeffrey I... or something? I think like they'll be I in it. On basketball reference, Scotty Pippen has a nephew. Yeah, he that does. played at Southern Illinois. Yeah, yeah. Scotty he... Pippen, I, I had no, I, I had no clue. He, that's how he got into into the NBA. He went to Central uh, Central Arkansas, but he almost didn't have a career, right? Yeah, no, you didn't know he went to Arkansas. No, Central Arkansas, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, he's probably one of the best. Probably one of the best athletes ever out of Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no clue. Yeah. Joe Johnson would say otherwise. Joe Johnson? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Kevin McReynolds, the Major League Baseball player. Played, Kevin McReynolds. Played 13 years in the Major Leagues. Did he play for the Whites or the uh, Angels? No. Played for. I think uh, Mark Reynolds. Played for the Mets. In '87, the year after they won the World Series. Oh, well, oh, he said he knows he knows my guy, um, Daryl. No, uh, my guy Keith Hernandez. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he does know Keith. Back into the left. Back <laughs> into the left. <laughs> I think there's a Scotty Pippen Jr. Doesn't he have a kid that plays too? Scotty Pippen Jr. I think he has a kid that plays. That's crazy. Yeah, Vanderbilt. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, Vanderbilt. Scotty Sidney Moncrief is from Arkansas. He's only six one though. So he's a, his kid. He's a little Scott. Yeah. Scott's tots. <laughs> Scott's tots. Right. Uh, uh, that's good stuff. Yeah, no. Uh, it's it's really good, Bo. I, if I were you, I would uh, lean yeah, it's in. on my it's on my to do list. Lean for in. Sure. Lean in and watch that man. Well, I don't have ESPN anymore. I'll get you some and ESPN. I got you. I got. I think I, do I do got do do access do to Hulu. Do. I can make it work. ESPN. You know what drives me crazy about ESPN is it already is like a huge, hefty part of your your cable bill is like mostly buying ESPN. And then really, like, oh yeah, like uh, it. You can break it down by channel, like what you're paying for, and ESPN is a massive chunk of your cable bill. So they're already super expensive. They already make a shitload of money. And then they come out with this fucking ESPN Plus shit. They want 250 million more fucking subscribers to this extra $5 a month. It drives me insane. All the good content is on ESPN Plus now. It drives me nuts, man. It's like, when is enough enough? <laughs> like, why can't it just, why can't you just have an ESPN account? And have access to your to their uh, content. You have to pay extra now 
Well, they're dipping their toe in the water of going full streaming. It makes me sick. Um, <laughs> why does it cost too extra? Much? <laughs> well, because they're, they're trying to figure it out. Like they, they, they still have the you know cable subscribers, and then they have the new generation, like us, or the even younger than us, and they're. The, you know, like my kids are not going to pay for any sort of cable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think they're dipping the, they're just trying to test the market and see how, what kind of success they have. And obviously this is a bad market for that, but mm-hmm. with major league soccer, they have a bunch of those games on the ESPN plus. Yeah. I refuse to do it. I'm like, yeah, taking a, to go that way, man. I'm taking a personal stance against that ESPN plus until, uh, until I just can't take it anymore, because a lot of that stuff you can find on the internet elsewhere anyway. But I just think it's disgusting, corporate greed. I mean, it's capitalism, but that's our country. But it just makes me sick. It's like you're already you're already a subscription based company, like, right? Well, hey, you know it's crazy. They we didn't already put, pay for they, it. <laughs> yeah, well, they, you know they didn't put the Jordan show, the 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 last dance. They didn't put that on on um, ESPN Plus because no. they know no one's gonna buy that shit right Guess now. Guess what? When this shit's over, I bet they move it over to Plus when the series is over. If you want to watch it in six months from now, it'll be on Plus. You're right. Bet your ass. You're, it's, I mean, you're, what are you, you're already paying for. You're already, what are you paying for? It just drives me nuts. Maybe I'm getting a little too aggressive about it. Get off my lawn, ESPN. Get off my lawn. I've had a few <laughs> off my lawn moments in the last couple of weeks. I need to chill out, man. You know, stress is high in this country right now. What are you talking about? We're opening up the country in Tennessee, dude. We're opening it up on, on the 30th. Yeah, that bro. Is, we're going to be gonna, able to play. We're going to have fun. We're going to play basketball. We're going to get the Grizzlies going. It's going to be know, awesome. I know how Bo feels about this. I already expressed my feelings on it. What do you think? It's terrible, right? What, to open things back up? Yeah. That's a terrible idea. Atlanta said Monday they're opening up restaurants and movie theaters. And then in, in Tennessee, they said that the 30th, April 30th, is when they're lifting the ban. It's a huge mistake. Well, this virus is not going anywhere. Nope. Shocking news. Nope. Right. Yeah, I heard on a podcast today that the fastest ever made human vaccine was f- four years. Mm. Are you telling me you listen to somebody else's podcast today yeah and didn't take my phone call this morning to be on this (laughs) podcast oh uh, you know you gotta you gotta fill the you gotta get your news Mm -mm. get your news right here bo it's well i I listen (laughs) to two two podcasts news related one is actually the one that duncan does if you if you search in whatever your podcasting is, look COVID Daily News with Nate Duncan. It's pretty good, and he talks slow enough that you can listen to it at one and a half speed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I've heard that one before. I don't know. I try not to listen to a whole lot of podcasts because I don't want to get skewed. I don't want to skew my uh, opinions based on what somebody else says. I hear you. Try to come up, try to come up originally. Original. Oh, that's ridiculous. I can't. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if, if it's good or bad as opening up the country. I don't know why we're talking about that, but still, I think it'd be, you know, 
if they do and however this thing happens or whatever i mean it could possibly be speaking for sports because once you know once this thing these things happen and if they start noticing that you know there's not an increase in if things are getting better let's just put it that way <laughs> if things just get better mm. and then it'd be easy for sports to come back without people or a limited number of people you know yeah i just don't think it's going to get better i think it's going to make it worse well i think yeah yeah i think so too it's it's terrible i think he's, i think you're looking at another spike do you think it's because people have been protesting and bitching about it no i think it's just, they, it's just it's just the it's the um it's, you know, it's the government the economy they're yeah you know, they're just looking at a shortcut yep it's not um, good and they're not listening to the science they're lo- looking at the economic numbers and actually if you if you open things up you could act, you could have a worse well, bigger repercussions than mm-hmm. if you kept things closed it could be going backwards yeah do you guys uh, ever do this thing where you take like uh you're you're just like looking at shit on your phone and you just screenshot shit that you want to look at later or things you want to remember and then you never do and then you never go back and look at them it's pretty much what my whole camera roll is (laughs) (laughs) oh do you ever do this i don't actually you don't i do it all the time i'm constantly screenshotting stuff yeah i I usually look at i'll save some stuff on like a text edit on my desktop okay and i'll never go back and read it like i have <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't do the screenshot thing let's see what where's my i delete that i had something up with some, some stuff from the ringer and here this is reading list with a question mark <laughs> um yeah some some streaming guide from the ringer from a long time ago from march 16th another ringer something you know that's stupid shit Well, I had an idea to go back over the week and take a look at screenshots that I have in my phone that I never plan on going back and looking at. I just pulled them up on my phone. So I'm going to start with this one just for fun, just since we're all here. Let's have a little fun. Let's uh, let's have a little fun now, huh? We're going to sing and we're going to dance. Pau Gasol is 41 years old. So I have a screenshot from Roto World, some uh, Pau Gasol update. His 2019-20 NBA season was cut short by a foot injury, but he's not ready to retire from international play just yet. It's He says, it is very much still a desire to be able to play my fifth Olympics and potentially that being my very last tournament. Uh, sounds like Pau Gasol's NBA career has reached an end. He'll be 41. What can he offer? You think he can still offer something? I hear them babies yeah. crying. Yeah, there's a baby back there. <laughs> <laughs> Whining. Uh, Need me to come no, over there? <laughs> yeah, you can make the trip. and Straighten this shit out. <laughs> Sounds like he needs something to really cry about. <laughs> God. <laughs> I look. I, I, I have to run. I have to run. Laddie, so, thank you for coming on, buddy. Man, no, yeah, I appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you guys later. later. Thank you. Thanks, bro. Right, buddy. See you. Bye-bye. <laughs> can't you just uh, throw? Can't you just throw a toy or something? 
He just woke up. He's you throw something. He goes and chases it. Um, let's see what what's another screenshot you got. Uh, I got something on coronavirus. The total number of global cases has surpassed 2.3 million people, with 160,000 fatalities. Fun. I screenshot a report that sunlight destroys viruses quickly. New government tests find results from a government lab experiments show that the coronavirus does badly in high temperatures and high humidity and is quickly destroyed in sunlight. Yeah, I don't believe any of that. <laughs> you burn it up. Yeah, I wish. You burn it off. Yeah, man, just put a flame to it. It'll go. Just burn it off. <laughs> oh, God. What is this? <laughs> oh, okay. This was something I must have looked at when I was watching the Jordan documentary, or not the Jordan documentary, but the Last Dance documentary. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, Billboard magazine's top 100 in 1998. Shania Twain, "You're Still the One" was number three. Okay. <laughs> uh, "Candle in the Wind," Elton John was number eight. Let's start with number one. How about that? "Too Close" by Next. Do you have any idea what that is? No, no I mean, clue. I have no idea either. The Boy is Mine by Brandy and Monica. That's why I started with Shania Twain. I was like, I know that name. How Do I Live by Leanne Rimes. Together Again by Janet. Is that Janet Jackson? I think so. I don't know. There's Usher. Usher. Third Eye Blind. Destiny's Child. Celine Dion. Will Smith getting jiggy with it was 14. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, why did I screenshot these? Yeah, it was it's good content. I thought it was relevant at the time. I was like, oh, I wonder what the Billboard Top 100 was in 98. It's all junk. Who gives a shit? I have a picture of oh. Tony Allen from nine years ago. All right. Okay. I took a screenshot of a couple of those fundraisers off fanatics.com. Mm-hmm. Mark Cuban has a one-day contract to play with the Mavs. I bought 10 entries, I think, for $10. Oh, nice. And I also bought entries to the to play in the 2021 NBA All-Star Celebrity Game for 10 bucks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, all the money goes to a good cause. They're raising money. for. Are you going to have a smoke break with Vladi before the game? Dude, I couldn't make it up and down the court probably three times before I just, like, Red in the face, like coughing, hacking. But yeah, I think you had the COVID. Me and Vladdy can smoke cigs on the sideline. That's cool. Where the fuck is Peja? <laughs> Man, imagine trying Peja in the, today's league. He'd probably be a serviceable player. All right, probably. We sh- mm-hmm. Probably still. We should probably go ahead and call it quits. Yeah, tend to the young in here. Bo, thank you for joining. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Laddie, again for coming on. Appreciate you. Till next time, we'll see you. You don't understand. I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers.
Can't make-